Welcome to the Whitewater Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of the message for church resources and more information about Whitewater. For now, let's dive into this week's message together. I remember in high school, a particular homecoming event. You know, the ones where everyone's in the gym and the homecoming king and queen walk down the the aisle. We were having one of those assemblies. And I remember these friends walking down the gym floor with their one of their best friends who was in a wheelchair. Now, his name was Ken, and he had been uh, voted the homecoming king for that year. And at a recent camp, Ken had become a paraplegic. Kids were diving into a mud puddle, and when Ken dove, he never stood up on his own again. He was paralyzed from the neck down uh, with limited use in his index fingers. And um, it was a terrible and permanent injury in high school that changed his whole life. That year, he had been voted homecoming king. And he, the week leading up to the home, homecoming assembly, our rival school mascot had gone missing. It was a life-sized wood carving of a red hawk. And at that time, our, our new school had no school spirit. So we're at this assembly. I don't think Ken was excited. People weren't excited to be there. It had been a tough year. In the middle of the assembly, some friends ran from the, from the bleachers with a, a box and gave it to Ken. Now, with the help of his friend Jake, Ken opened the present and reached into the box. And with his friend, they, they pulled out the red hawk. The gym erupted. I'd never seen anything like it at our school. We had students that were cheering screaming, crying with laughter. There were teachers that were smiling. There were, the janitor was laughing. Ken's face was glowing and the principal was fuming. As school spirit was being born and a rivalry between Squalicum High School, my high school, and Bellingham High School was being forged, the principal was furious. What she and a few others missed because they were focused on the disruption as uh, an offense instead of a disruption as an opportunity, was that these imperfect young high school rascals weren't ruining homecoming. They were carrying their paralyzed friend and including him in having the highlight of a glorious moment in front of the whole high school in a time where he was having to grow through the reality of a permanent injury. No one in that high school ever forgot that moment. I want to talk to you today about a story centering on Jesus, about the power of friendship and the power found in Jesus Christ. So let's begin. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. We're just going to cover one little chunk, but it's a powerful chunk of scripture. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, you can read along. Jesus went back again to Capernaum where after a few days, word got around that he was at home. So word got around that Jesus, the healer, is home, and a crowd gathered. It's not a surprise. So that the people couldn't even get near the door as he was telling them the message, the message of the kingdom of God, the message of God's love. And in verse 3, it says this, a party arrived, four people carrying a paralyzed man, bringing him to Jesus. 
I just want to look at these three verses. I think that they have something very, very powerful for us today in these strange, hard times in COVID-19. Now, first thing I want to highlight is some cultural historical realities. So you have these four friends carrying their paralyzed friend on a stretcher. We don't know how this man was paralyzed. It could have been from birth. It could have been from a sickness or it could have been from some kind of injury. And in this culture, often people who were paralyzed or who had some kind of infirmity, the common belief was that they had done something to deserve that kind of injury or that kind of problem. And so there was a social shame, a social stigma that came along with this kind of problem, this kind of physical issue. You can imagine just maybe some of the shame that this man had carried, maybe his whole life, or maybe these were his friends and, you know, he hung out with them and worked with them and maybe there was an injury and, and his life had never been the same. And you can imagine just some of the shame that maybe this man was carrying. Imagine the emotional loss of hope and potential, potential life that had been taken from him. Feelings of anger, feelings of helplessness and hopelessness. We also know that somebody had been taking care of him for these long years, or maybe it was fairly recent, we don't know, but somebody had been taking care of him despite the social stigma um, and, and caring for this man. And he had four friends who cared deeply enough about him that they were going to physically carry him to Jesus. I just love that image. Now, here are these four friends. Maybe he had, he had other friends, but they weren't willing or they were too busy or maybe they thought his situation was too hopeless, uh, wasn't worth it. And they had other things to do, but there were four friends that heard about this healer, Jesus, and they didn't know for sure if Jesus was going to heal him, but they had faith that it was worth the try. And these friends lifted this grown man up in his stretcher on his mat that had become his place of shame, his place of injury, his place of hurt, his place of deepest pain. And they lifted him up and carried and were bringing him to Jesus. They were determined to bring him to Jesus. I love this story. Have you ever tried to pick up a grown, grown-up adult? It's hard. My daughter, she's been ambushing me recently. She'll just like jump up from behind the couch, like, Dad, carry me. And she's getting almost too big. Like, and it's, I'm like, Novelle, you're killing my back. And I, I'll set her down or I'll try to throw her, like she wants me to throw her on the bed or throw her on the couch. And it's killing me these days. You know, imagine picking up a grown-up man. His friends picked him up and took him toward Jesus. People, friends of yours, friends of mine, people we know, acquaintances, people we work with are going to go through seasons and moments where they are paralyzed. Maybe not physically like this man, but they are paralyzed financially, paralyzed relationally, paralyzed mentally and emotionally, paralyzed because of grief, paralyzed because of fatigue, paralyzed politically, and they can't move. They can't get up on their own. There's people who will, if they haven't already, there are people who will lose their business. There are people who are going to lose their homes. There are people who are going to lose loved ones, lose friendships, and they're going to get hit so hard that they won't be able to get up. Who is going to carry them? Who will be the stretcher bearers that are going to pick them up and bring them? To Jesus. Be determined. Doesn't matter what the social stigma is. Doesn't matter how busy. Doesn't matter all the objections we might have, but we are going to help them get to Jesus. I think it's an important question. 
There will likely be a time this year, if it hasn't happened already, this year, where you are going to be too paralyzed to move. I mean, you're going to get hit with something emotionally, relationally, financially, spiritually, and you're going to be hit so hard, you're not going to, you, you're not going to think you can get back up. So who is going to pick you up when you can't get up? Who is going to carry you? A few years ago, me and my wife got knocked down so hard, we were paralyzed. We couldn't get up. When we lost our twins at 21 weeks in the pregnancy, uh, both Sarah and I, uh, we didn't know what to do. I mean, just emotionally, spiritually, uh, we were down. And we had friends who would not give up on us. We had a church that rallied behind us. We had people that were stretcher bearers for us when we couldn't move, who carried us. I mean, prayed for us. Note after note after note of encouragement and love conversations, um, people who just blessed us and dropped food off and dropped things off that we didn't, we, we hadn't, would never have thought of or that we didn't deserve. And these just, these friends just kept up and it didn't just, it wasn't just one week. It was, it was a, it was a season that we were carried by friends in our church and we were paralyzed. We couldn't get up on our own. I had, a, I had another friend who told me recently about his son, said it was the worst day of his life. His son came to him at work, and he could see through the door of his work, the little window, that something was really wrong. And when they began talking, he left the meeting and began talking with them. His son just fell to the ground, sharing about how he discovered the infidelity of his wife in their marriage. And their marriage was just ruptured and broken. And my friend said, I, I don't think my son would have made it if it wasn't for his friends. He said his friends carried him through that period of time. He, his friends, he said his friends uh, scheduled, made sure they scheduled somebody to be with his son for six to nine months. So his son either had someone with him at his home as he was going through this struggle, or he was, there were friends who opened their homes so that he could stay there through this season. He said he, he, his son probably went to Mayday. He wouldn't have his son here today if it wasn't for those friends who carried him when he couldn't move, when he was paralyzed. Let me ask you, who will you carry in this season? When they're paralyzed, when they're broken, when they can't see a purpose for moving forward or they, they just physically can't, who in your life will you be determined to help no matter what? And who in your life will carry you? What relationships have you built so that you have people that come hell or high water are going to pick you up and carry you toward Jesus? There's going to be a moment in all of our lives, especially here in COVID-19, where we need that. And I don't want you to be alone. I think this image of these Friends, this loyal love, this compassion in these friends for their paralyzed friend is like a picture of the church. It's the best picture of what the church can be at times. Uh, where, where, where someone is so paralyzed they can't move, and we come around them, we lift them, and we walk with them, and, we, and we, we bring them to Jesus. If they're limping, if they can't move, we get them there. Not to enable them, but to empower them 
to find the healing love of Jesus, to see hope where they're hopeless, to see light in the darkness, and to move forward into a life where they can begin to walk again. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining a home church, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.